everybody. Welcome back to Phil and David Talk About Barry, where uh, Phil and David talk about Barry. It's right there in the title. I mean, everything right you need to know yeah. about the show is right there. Uh, I'm the David part, and that's the Phil part. Phil, sure how you doing? I'm good, man. Good. Uh, everything in the, in the title is right there. You don't have to decode some meaningful piece of art like a collage that i may have left on your on your kitchen counter to tell oh, you what man. i'm all about uh now this show it's right there in the title yeah now phil i have to ask um have, do you think that you're shrinking because uh your furniture has been been changed that out was i laughed so hard at that <laughs> oh we're gonna we're gonna talk about that probably for a good chunk of this episode because good, there's a lot to unpack good, in that two Lord. minutes of uh of show Yes, but we've got two episodes to unpack this time. Uh, I was hoping to do a little more, maybe week to week, but just uh, because of because of time constraints and life and all and that. Life, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we were coming at you with episodes four and five of Barry this week, and excited to uh, to break it down. And I, the first thing off the bat, these episodes go so fast. There's they really do. Um, the the I, I mean I think we're so conditioned to like hour long drama or hour long episodes of whatever we're binging to begin with, and these are only they're in the half hour neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but they move. They're paced so well. Like this this never stands still. Really. Yeah, they're they're just going so quick, and things are just ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, and then it's like credits start, and I'm like, wait, no, no, I need another. 10 to 15 minutes, easily. Yes. <laughs> if you could get those for me, uh, that would be great. Uh, that would be great. They they do they do the cliffhanger, but it's not, it doesn't feel like a traditional like cliffhanger ending. Right, right. They just kind of bring you up to the point where there should be like one more beat in the scene, and that's where it cuts. It's, it's kind of the same way that it they do the cold opens on mm. Barry as well. Yeah, and this this these last two episodes have had um, very interesting cold opens. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we're seeing some returning uh, uh, callbacks. I'll call them because they're yeah. not all returning characters. No, well, I mean one is a, a introduction of a brand new character or a couple of characters uh, because from, from the very first scene in Barry, uh, the show opens up with him coming out of a bathroom there's a dead guy in a hotel bed he had just shot him and he's like getting ready to go and that was just like that was the introduction to to the show uh and now two and a half seasons later we we're we're coming back to that and we see kind of the the bigger story you know this was a, a man with a family which like that was one thing i think that we had kind of talked about last time where all of other berries, because you know this season Barry's not a super great guy, uh, but all of his previous killings have been kind of removed, and this was the first yeah. time where uh, it really feels like they are um, humanizing the the victims of Barry's past crimes. Uh, outside of the actor that he was initially tasked with killing. Um, when mm-hmm. he went to California, Which but he, he didn't, didn't actually do. kill he that guy. Do. I don't yeah. remember his name. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Madsen. Madsen. R- Ryan. Yes. Yeah. And we see Ryan's father, another mm-hmm. returning character, uh, in that same episode as Fuchs is basically just turning all of Barry's victims, families against him. Which, uh, okay. I, I'm so, I'm, th- this show is unpredictable in ways that like, yes, I, cause <laughs> I I called I felt pretty good that I called that they were going to uh do the whole um Cousineau, you know get gets more on the show yeah. they really enjoyed that but everything else I I did not see coming like Fuchs's whole approach I thought he was going to like just directly approach Barry uh but he's trying for this whole scorched earth thing and I feel like it's going to also bite Fuchs uh pretty hard in the butt in some way oh for sure many of his plans do <laughs> um i i liked that this is a a wicked turn for the show but it's something that whether they plan for it or not like the seeds of this were planted like fuchs has a history of doing this i mean this was the whole he turned gene against him uh mm-hmm. in season two in the same way he said barry killed uh janet yeah or janice janice um and uh 
so it is just sort of like, oh, I didn't see this angle coming. But now that it's here, it makes total sense because we know he has a history of doing this. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, he's coming. He's even I think playing... it just speaks to the writing, the, 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 the brilliant writing of the show, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And he, and he is coming in, um, playing the same character, using the same bit, uh, which, you know. Kenneth if, Goulet. Yeah, which <laughs> yes. that name, Goulet. Uh, <laughs> Every time I hear it, Goulet for me, so I don't really have a history with Robert Goulet. So for me, it's the Will Ferrell skit from the the mid 2000s. (laughs) He's on the mountain, (laughs) Goulet. So that's what I'm hearing every time. But I feel like like there's going to start being some connections there. Like he is just, he's setting himself up. Fuchs is very clever, but Fuchs is not very smart, I don't think. Uh, I I think Fuchs is not a big picture guy. I think he's no. very smart in the moment and he knows how to save himself uh, in, in that moment, but he never is looking down the road to how it might blow back on him. No, ab- absolutely not. Uh, my favorite of the scenes though, when he's going around to all the families uh, was when he was talking to Taylor's sister. Yes. And <laughs> uh, like, I can't remember the, the specifics of it, but everything basically he's saying is like, oh, yeah, like he set your brother up, and made him look like a bad guy. And she's like, yeah, no, he probably was. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just absolutely knows who Taylor was. Yeah. And just accepts that, yeah, yeah, he got killed uh, doing some stupid uh, high octane uh, mercenary bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says something about the, the the hot tub and everything, all that, and, you know, gets her involved. Right. Uh, but I just love, like, that, the, the way that all played out. Where it's like, I would kind of would have liked if he just had to leave uh, because... It just kind of walks away. Yeah, because <laughs> she's just like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, but that's not Fuchs. Fuchs is going to keep going until he gets uh, gets what he wants. Until he gets it. Um, The other half of this that I do like is everybody who knows that Barry killed their friends and family, which would be Hank and Cristobal, like they kind of, I don't know that they've forgiven him, but it's not like, like he's sitting there talking to them in this very civil way. Oh, that scene. Uh, Uh, From, I know I'm jumping ahead uh, a little bit, but it just... It, while while these murders that happened um, long ago in the in terms of the series are coming back on him, the murders that just happened, the gang war that Barry got in the middle of, and you know, Cristobal keeps saying like, "You killed all my buddies." All my buddies. And he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that." And then it's just sort of like water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I find it very interesting the the two the two sides of that. Yeah, well, I think it's like you said. It's you know, it's a gang war. They know there's like certain inherent danger in, in what they're, they're doing. The game, and, yeah, right. yeah, people are gonna die, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, you you killed all of them, and that's not great because I loved them. But you know, that's what happens. We're in, we're in a gang yeah. war. Uh, that that scene of Barry sitting there talking to uh, Cristobal and Hank, and this when it cuts to them for the first time, and Hank's just wide eyed, like <laughs> you know, putting on that smile, uh, and you can tell like this is super uncomfortable for everyone, but he is no ho Hank, uh, and then and then like it's just casually dropped, like we love coming home and finding you here waiting for us. No, no. <laughs> fact that he had broken into their house and uh-huh. just sat there and waited it was yeah. uh that that just cherry on top of that scene for me so so great i want to i want to uh pause right here i want, did want to mention this because i um i don't think i sent it to you but i i imagine you probably saw it like a few days ago before recording this there was a an article like an interview with anthony kerrigan who plays noho hank Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was told when his alopecia started that like, oh, you're too ugly for acting. You should just stop. Yeah. And um glad he didn't. I, I, I have not seen that, but he, he talked about his alopecia a lot when he was on uh, WTF. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it would have been around the time season two uh, was out, but um, yeah, it was one, he, he does a lot of work with like, uh, charities or foundations for alopecia and he's sort of like a big advocate for them and and uh has been kind of a a big deal of saying yes you can still succeed 
uh, as an actor and an artist, even if you have alopecia and you're not, uh, I guess, I guess the term would be like traditionally attractive. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah, conventionally yeah, yeah. attractive or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he did stuff on like, was he on Gotham? He he played Zaz on Gotham, which like, you know, that's like a, a pretty, pretty clear fit. Could uh, be like he has the look of that, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's it's great, like because Barry, you know, he's playing a gangster, and you think like you know he kind of has like that bald, like and he's he's an, a good in shape guy. He's not huge, but like I love that just the way they've played with that trope, where he's really just this giant sweetheart, yeah, uh, somehow uh, involved the, in this world. The the whole scene, uh, I, I don't want to harp on this too much, um, but it just I think I. I threw it out on Twitter. I think this morning was um, that Hank and Cristobal are my favorite TV couple now. <laughs> um, just because of that scene, that scene kind of clinched it for me when they're just kind of sitting there and, and Cristobal's like, Oh, you know, when we were first getting together, I made him a Bolivian meal and, and Hank's just like, Oh, it was heaven. And it, they're just like this, this, very sweet couple when you see mm-hmm. them without all like the pretense of, of the gangster world around them. And I just think it's, uh, I think it's, I still think it's very funny because um, <laughs> just the idea of like the gang war and everything they've gone through up to this point and how much it caught me at, uh, by surprise when he walks in on Cristobal in the shower at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they're just, they're just the most endearing couple at the same time. I'm not laughing at them. I'm just sort of like, I'm so charmed by them. Oh yeah. No, the, the humor of their relationship is not like, Oh, it's two men together. It is like, here are these two gang leaders, uh, who are so domestic. They're the most domestic couple. They're <laughs> <Yes. laughs> just, and like the, you know, Cristobal's all into his like self-help, like envision it kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just, it's always played within like their personalities. Oh, Hank, uh, we have to watch the last Percy Jackson. Yeah. Oh Hank man. clearly doesn't want to watch Percy Jackson. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love, I just love that little like throwaway of like, oh, they have like a normal, like not everything is perfect for them, but it's like. It's, it is, it is a domestic couple through and through. And 100%. it's, it's so, it's, so great Mm -hmm. yeah so those are all like the high points of the show uh everything else so far has gotten pretty dark uh you know last in episode four uh barry set a bomb the whole detonate app thing was so weird it was weird but it was so funny yeah (laughs) all right sounds like we were successful yeah Uh, i I loved loved the 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 person on the phone who was like it sounds like we were successful and uh and then he just finds cristobal wandering down the road uh and i and i totally did not see uh sally dumping him coming um I, I I like that turn. I like that turn for that character in some like actual growth, uh, because um, I I forget the Katie. It's Katie uh, tells her like yes. you're you're dating a violent guy and like the way that he talked to you it wasn't okay. Uh, and Sally at first kind of is like well he was having a bad day it's whatever but then she like really thinks about it and as soon as she sees Barry she's like what happened sent me back to a place I don't want to go to. Like we're done. We can't be together anymore. And that was not the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, And I was, I was genuinely like surprised by that turn. Yeah. I think it, it works on a lot of different levels from a lot of different uh, kind of plot points. And it's, it's like you have Sally kind of has her, plot line of like her character arc but also like the arc of her tv show Mm -hmm. um and just sort of like how her realization of who barry is affecting both of those things simultaneously and then you have like the other aspect of like barry's been kicked out of the apartment but that's where fuchs is sending all these people to come murder Barry and it's got me wondering like how how is this going to swing back around you know is mm-hmm. is something going to happen to Sally does Barry need to stop something from happening to Sally it just sort of like opens up a big can of what is the rest of this season going to look like 
Yeah, it's felt like um, we're still kind of moving some pieces. I mean, things are definitely progressing, um, I would say, on a kind of a smaller scale, except for like some storylines, like the the Bolivian Cristobal. Like that that storyline is all, I think, kind <laughs> of progressing in the biggest crazier ways. crazier and crazier every week. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the police gang shootout scene. Uh, which I love the way that they shot that from like super far away and from the rooftop, yeah, from the rooftop and the guy filming it through the the cell phone, and <laughs> uh, that and uh, and I I don't know the character's name, um, but he's one of the the gangsters that's been in every season, the Chechens, and he gets shot like every season. Oh yeah, he's the guy who was trying to snipe Barry yes. from the rooftop in season two. Uh, I think he's the driver in season one when they kill ryan i think who I, gets uh oh no he gets killed yeah uh, hank those gets shot yeah hank, hank, hank survives um but yeah that that guy who has been shot so far every season <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and even as he's coming out and saying don't shoot and they just immediately he shoot, he's like oh fuck he falls. <laughs> um oh. uh yeah like, that whole scene i i really um I, I was shocked how fast it escalated because it is yeah. like in, in us talking about like the pace, how fast this show moves along. It's like, oh, wow, that really like just jumped up real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some stuff like I feel like a lot of the Barry stuff is so like personal and kind of slow burning. And there's a lot of stuff happening like around him that he is like unaware of. Uh, but you know, like Sally had her, her show and that whole tragic, uh, that getting canceled, uh, because of the algorithm, the algorithm. I, I yeah. love when, uh, that they, they shut the door on that meeting when she started bad mouthing the algorithm, <laughs> the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, we can't let people hear this. Um, and like the, the stuff between like the Chechens and the Bolivians, uh, and, and there's like the, the Fuchs stuff happening to Barry kind of behind the scenes, but for Barry, he's just lost right now. Uh, he's just kind of like trying to figure out what the heck to do with himself. Uh, and even it, the, the, the dark ending to this last episode uh, where there's the mom and the son who yeah. have, have agreed they need to, to kill Barry. And then uh, they see him on the street and they're planning on how to do it. And then she shoots her she, son. She shoots the kid. Yeah, yes. and in like Barry notices it happening nearby, but it just like he is completely unaware of like the circumstance and everything. So he just kind of like walks away from the situation. He just walks off. Yeah, yeah as the car just uh, kind of pulls off, it's just like what, like what that had to do with Barry, and he never knew. Yeah, it's he's just kind of wandering through the world, and then there's all this stuff that is related to him happening around him, and he just is kind of walking through it in this especially in this last episode when like the kid who is looking for him uh mm -hmm. to kill him uh he ends up holding the door open for him you know he's just like so stunned that he actually ran into barry that he ends up holding the door and barry just like oh thanks you know and just walks yeah. on not even realizing like this kid is here to kill you because you murdered his dad right yeah just absolutely absolutely no idea uh and it's like it was kind of like a chilling moment uh but i also just really love they didn't you know they didn't like ramp up the drama of it barry didn't have a moment where he looked at the guy and was like huh wait something is weird here it's just this completely normal interaction uh and barry has no idea what it all means and they don't amp up those characters in any way i love that the 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 mom and the son. I can't remember their character names. I don't. Th I don't even know if they even have names. Um, I think they do, but it's said in like. I think one they. Scene. Uh, Kyle. I think is the yeah, the, kid. the kid. I don't know yeah. if they ever say the the wife's name. No, she's uh, credited either, as. Julie. Either way, they're constantly being portrayed as what they are, and they are like in over their head. Even when they're at the end of the last episode, when they're going to buy the gun. Mm -hmm. And just sort of like, you know, do we do like very obviously talking about murdering somebody with yeah. it. And I love the the reveal that the gun gun shop owner is just sitting there listening to them. And he's like, all right, the yeah. Glock then. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> uh, does not does not care at all. I just I don't care. 
Yeah, I just realized Michael Ironside was in the last episode. I was just trying to pull up the the cast list uh, to see if I could find the name of the the one playing the mother, and Michael Ironside was in the episode. Really, he was. Uh, and now that I think about, it, he was the the Chechen like mob boss that the one guy was talking to on the phone. That was Michael. That was that Michael was, I Ironside. Michael Ironside was dead. Uh, uh, nope. Wow. Uh, uh, he looks really great for being a dead guy. Oh, no, that's uh, that's really cool. There are some great people showing up in Barry this season. Uh, yeah. um, Joe Joe Montana showing up. Joe Montana. Um, Who uh, El- Elizabeth Perkins is the, the network executive, and I think she is... I think she's awesome. Oh, she's I, playing that role so well. I, I, weeds got really old for me really fast, but she was a really like high point of that series for me. I, I love Elizabeth Perkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fred... uh, Laura, Laura San Giacomo is, oh my gosh, uh, was in this episode and was kind of the most heart wrenching part of this episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that and kind of Jean, Jean and, and everything. But also, like, when I saw her, I was like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure that's Maya from Just Shoot Me because I, I watched yeah. a ton of Just Shoot Me for some reason. I can't I tell do. you why. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, I'm thinking that's her. But like, also, I haven't seen her in like probably a decade in anything. Uh, so it just like kind of took me a minute. And then it was also, I was like, oh, she's playing a character or she's like supposed to be old enough to be like a Henry Winkler love interest. Yeah. And I had to... Really, kind of examine uh, it. Uh, time. We we talked about her uh, on our show a couple years ago because she d- we re- reviewed uh, a wire. Okay. Uh, uh, and she did the she dubbed over all of Gina Carano's really. Uh, di- yeah, all of it is Laura San Giacomo. No. She's done work with Soderbergh. She's in the movie uh, Suicide Kings. Uh, she's one of these actors who just like kind of just shows up and stuff and you're like, Oh, Hey, it's her. And you're just like, always like glad to see her. So I was, I was really stoked to see her uh, show. And of course I knew her first from uh, just shoot me as well. I, cause uh, you know, David Spade, I watched a lot of that show. Yeah. I, I just, for some reason it was a, it was a big one for me. And so to see her in this, but the, but yes. Uh, so, so Cousineau uh, has his expanded part with, um, with laws of humanity, which will never stop being funny. Now that I know, I, I, I know his Just name is knowing, humanity. knowing that that's what that guy's name is. Um, <laughs> and is that everybody talks about it so seriously? Like it's, it's not the stupidest thing in the world. Um, but he, yeah, he, uh, is kind of trying to like, you know, after the whole thing with Barry and Barry gives him all the money from the bombing and, you know, he's trying to, he, he's, he's had his, uh, coming to Jesus moment as it were. Yeah, uh, that's and, a good way to put it. And he's like really like trying to kind of make amends. Uh, you know, he, he gives a very heartfelt apology. Uh, he apologizes to the the director or the producer or whatever on um, on laws of humanity. And then at the the dinner party at at Joe Montana's, he uh, apologizes for what he had done to him and also tries to apologize to her. Uh, but she is like, no, you don't just get off with saying an apology all these years later, uh, you ruined my career. Yeah. Um, it, it's, she says something about like, you're only apologizing to make yourself feel better. Right. And apologizing doesn't bring my career back. Uh, he basically had her blackballed mm-hmm. as a theater director in New York and LA, you know, the two biggest places you can direct. Be a theater and, director, and, right. Uh, she ended up being an art teacher. At a at a local school, mm-hmm. um, and I thought I thought she just was, uh, in this small role. You just sort of understood what, uh, the tragedy of this character, you know, and and what Jean did to her. And I love that she just kind of represents like consequences, like. Like you, what you did had consequences to somebody else, mm-hmm. and um, I, I thought I thought it was really like as much stuff as I laugh at, and as much stuff that I think is just 
playing dark. I thought that was like a genuine emotional kind of gut punch at, at that scene. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I think consequences, as you mentioned, consequences is kind of a big theme of this season. I think not just for, for Barry, um, which it's obviously setting itself up to be, uh, but it's, you know, for, for Gene in the scene that we talked about, he is trying to like make right. And we, we see now, you know, we know, like we, we talked about like for Barry trying to make right, for all this would be like nearly impossible. And so now we see for a guy who was on a much smaller scale uh, compared to murder, still a bad person, but he's trying to make amends in like is the issues he's running into. Um, so, you know, what's, what's going to happen? Uh, what's, what's going to happen like with, with all that and like consequences also for Noho Hank and Cristobal, you know, Cristobal, Right. Um, had run away from the Bolivian family basically to go, uh, be, you know, live his life in America and he met Noho Hank and, uh, but there's consequences to that action, you know, leaving his wife. And I thought the scene, uh, for, for Noho Hank when he's hiding in the closet, um, which there's probably some great irony in there, um, uh, if you know, right. if you really yes. dug into it, <laughs> I suppose I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, for sure. Uh, but he, he, there's that scene where um, she walks in, Elena walks in, and finds that picture of Cristobal and Noho Hank, and he is trying to, you know, hold back tears as I, as I feel like, just kind of there's that revelation to him of like he's the he's the other person, right, right, uh, because he, right before the Bolivians come in, he apologizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Hank and, you know, sends him running for the closet, mm-hmm. uh, which now seems so obvious. Yes, of course. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on when um, from the very beginning, when we figure out that Cristobal has this. I don't know if he has a secret life or he's living a secret life. I think uh, he's living one or the a other. secret life. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I was surprised to see his wife got off the plane and you know, was coming to bring him back. It's like, oh, geez, her dad just got killed and she's coming to set it straight. And that was, uh, that was something I didn't see coming. Yeah. And she is, uh, you know, she, she is also on the war path. Um, cause she's, oh, for sure. She sends them all to go shoot up the, um, the, the nursery, the, the nursery, yeah. the, the wonderful convincing nursery, uh, <laughs> first thing and then you know raiding the house that that cristobal's at i really like the scene when she got off the plane and she was talking to the one guy's like why were you not there to protect my father and his response was we were we were dancing and uh <laughs> just those little we, we talked about those little moments of humor uh for the show and that that was just another one that i thought just like worked so well because there is like a lot of like that you know you can tell how tense everyone is she's arriving and like why weren't you protecting my father we we were dancing it is like um, everybody in this world is really just kind of a party guy and they're having a good time and they're just sort of like man children. But you kind of get a sense that like, oh, the party's over now because the real boss just showed up, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not she really is that or she's just inherited that. And they know that's the track it's going to take um, is it, it is all very interesting and very funny to me. And I think Noho Hank even like commented on the fact that they are like attractive Bolivian uh, men. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's, well, it's, he says something. Yeah. Uh, they're just all, all very ridiculous. Uh, uh, her father, by the way, it took me forever to realize and track down who that actor was. Who was it? Um, but he, cause he looked played, super familiar. He played the guy who ran the bodega on Seinfeld who oh. introduced Kramer to uh, cockfighting and uh, oh, also yeah. hung up Jerry's bounce check. He's in a couple, he's in like two or three Seinfeld episodes. Oh yeah. That, oh man. All, that's, all this, I, I, this bit part uh, from 20 years ago. That's where I remembered him from the most. Yeah. Um, Miguel but, Sandoval. Uh, I mean, but in, he's, in, he's been in a ton of stuff. You've seen him in other stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jurassic Park he was in, um, get shorty, like not, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe not some of these biggest parts, but I, he was a guy that as soon as he showed up on Barry, I was like, 
I know him. I know that guy, yeah. But I don't necessarily know from what. A little bit of a that guy. And, you know, always love seeing that guy. Uh, Like Michael Ironside. When I saw him, I was like, he looks super familiar. Who is that guy? Yeah. And turns out it's Michael Ironside uh, the whole time. That I'm going to have to go watch it a third time. <laughs> it's it's really uh, it's the only way to be to be sure. Only way to be sure. You know it. Uh, man, what else was I? There was. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, I remember what I was uh, kind of saving in the back pocket here. Uh, Albert. Albert Nguyen is yes. showing up. Uh, introduction in this episode. Uh, the the guy that Barry they got shot in front of Barry and caused him to commit a war crime. He's like his best friend in the Marine Corps. And mm-hmm. uh, after he got shot, did we ever? Uh, did they ever confirm if he lived or died from that? Because no, I was trying to remember. Uh, it kind of, I was really surprised when he showed up. I'm like, oh, he's alive. And then I couldn't remember if they had ever determined his outcome uh, and it, or if I had just assumed that he had died from that. I, I mean, you know, I totally assumed too. I mean, he was shot in the cheek, um, but you would think uh, an injury of that kind probably be fatal uh, and probably definitely would be, but he, he survived it. And they, they, I don't think they ever confirmed one way or the other if Albert lived, and I, and I have to go watch season two again. Um, I have to rewatch the whole series yeah, again. Sorry, guys. We'll pause right here. Uh, yeah. We'll come back <laughs> after we've rewatched it. Um, but yeah, he's he's showing up, FBI agent, and I I loved immediately, because I, I have a, a brother-in-law who is a cop, and he has talked about there is animosity between... Um, between like the FBI and you know local PD, and I know it's oh, also sure. it's also yeah. played up too in like uh, Die Hard <laughs> of all oh, of all yeah, spots. Yeah. Uh, so like just for like immediately like him to come in, uh, and also like part of the reason why Barry's been able to continue operating is that the police department is mostly staffed by idiots. I I love that they they carry over from the very first season um, that police chief is giving the press conference uh-huh. and he just sort of starts talking about Japanese the cinema. Kurosawa, like, the Kurosawa scene the is Kurosawa one of my favorite films. scenes. <laughs> and they've just kind of kept up that, yeah, he's, he's an idiot. Like he's completely incompetent. He doesn't stay on topic. And this episode was a brilliant showcase of that. Yeah, and and they are spending all this time because they they believe the Raven story, um, except for Sarah Burns. Sarah Burns has always kind of shown that she, uh, she you know she doesn't. She's quite a little skeptical. Yeah. yeah, but they they they're having a whole task force that they are setting up, <laughs> picking the logo for it. <laughs> picking the logo for <laughs> for Team Raven or whatever, and just like the stuff they're trying to pick is so <laughs> stupid. Uh, but then Albert comes in and is like, well, did you guys do this? Did you do this? Like all very standard stuff uh, that that they didn't do. And now it's like, okay, well, now we're going to we're going to do these things. It's like, oh, boy, that's not going to be good for Barry. No, I think a lot of things are coming to a head uh, here. And he was just such a great kind of trump card for the show to pull out and be like, we're bringing an FBI guy in, and guess what? It's Albert. And how, you know, how is this going to play out when Albert figures out who his friend has become? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and we've seen that Barry, when it he gets cornered, um, doesn't whether make the best you're a friend, friends or not, like that kind of goes sideways too. So, um. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting possibilities in the air. Yeah, I and you know, like I, I'm so oh, I'm so curious about them seeing one another because we don't really know what their relationship is post, you know, post the uh, right. the attack. Um, it, you know, it seems like Barry has pretty much like obviously became a hitman, so he probably became pretty secluded, pretty quiet. Uh, and we have no idea what kind of like what happened to Albert. He definitely, uh, you know, I think he was portrayed as being more laid back when they were in the military. 
and now you know he's he's the hard ass FBI guy. So like, what's gonna happen when these two like come together? And I I'm very excited to find out. I I am as well. Um, this really just puts a you know all the conspiracy theories and everything. It's like oh, there's a whole new wrinkle in this now. Right. Like going to like I don't know. I can't predict what's gonna happen. Like I. Yeah didn't see Albert returning as an FBI agent to hunt Barry was nowhere on my list. Yeah. It wasn't even uh, in the most remote possibilities of my brain of how this would play out. You, you kind of assume by this point, all the, all the pieces are on the table, but nope. uh, surprise. Yeah. And same with like the families, right? Like I, I didn't know what Fuchs was going to do, yes. but I thought it was going to be much more like personal. Uh, and we see like the approach to it. I mean, th- just Bill Hader and Alec Berg uh, are are really good at subverting expectations in a way that doesn't make it nauseating to say that phrase. Uh, yeah, yeah. In in the most real sense of the word. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the cliche. Uh, it also makes me. This has all made me wonder if uh Chris's widow is going to come back into play in the same way mm. um, yeah i don't because i don't know that fuchs i don't know if it comes up that fuchs knows that he did that oh that's true he may but, not uh he may not have any idea but but i mean then again taylor was involved in the whole thing so i don't know, maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll piece it all together i don't know either way uh i i do fear for sally a bit being in that house um uh, yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of play, like we just said, all the pieces that are in play uh, seem to have started circling the, the apartment. Yeah. And, you know, she's she's got her own storyline, uh, which I love. I love that they have done this storyline that is very um, it is very not dependent on Barry. Uh, they have written a really great storyline about women and like the struggles uh, 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 like within the entertainment industry and like the way that women and uh, some things are like treated, you know, like, oh, it's not hitting the right taste clusters, blah, 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 like stuff like that. And um, it's still all woven into the bigger story of Barry, but it's not just like, and here's Sally's role in whatever's going on with Barry. Like this whole season, she has had her own thing. Yeah, I think they've They've in the last two seasons, they've done some really smart commentary on uh, current issues, and they've not done it in a a pandering way. They've actually made a lot of fun of the things that do that in the pandering way, like like the homepage of the yeah, the Banshee, Banshee network. Would is, you know um, it was called Banshee, by the way? I, love uh, I know. <laughs> uh, New Medusas, which just oh looks gosh. like the word. You know, it's all these like fake female empowerment, um, you know, kind of TV shows where they're just sort of like, yeah, anything that where we can have just like three women uh, uh-huh. just do the dumbest shit. Um, but I, I think they also are making a really good commentary on um, the algorithm, you know, the, yeah. the almighty algorithm. And, you know, you and I are not a, scale of a a network but i feel like a lot of people on our level myself included are endlessly frustrated by the algorithm deciding who gets to see the content that you're making and so it just kind of like that hit home with me and it just all kind of brought home like how well barry is at dealing with topical things in a smart way yeah yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, because they they could be so much more like on the nose, and they 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 just have written these very like realistic takes on all of these things. Uh, yeah, and you know, um, for for Sally, like a character that was not maybe necessarily people's favorites uh, at the start. Like I'm, you know, I'm rooting for Sally like this time around. And, you know, I'm, I'm on, on the train for what she's doing. I like, I want her, not that I I ever wanted her to like fail, but you know, she was very kind of full of herself at the beginning. And now like she's getting her, you know, when she's getting her platform, you see what she's doing with it. It's like, okay, 
like I, I'm in, I'm, I'm in on this and like, I, I feel right. bad that her show's canceled and I want it to work out and, and not in the way that Barry's going to try to make it work out. <laughs> um, before we jump there on, uh, while we're still talking about Sally, I also want to talk about, uh, Natalie because I think, oh yes, Darcy Carden has been, uh, she's always been really good on this show. I think she is fucking brilliant this season. Yeah. She she has this kind of supporting role, but like just you're seeing her um you know not be treated very well by Sally and still like being supportive and in this most recent episode uh after they find out the show is canceled and she goes into the bathroom to just say I love what you did and I've learned so much from watching you work and I admire you so much. like it is this like really uh, really beautiful moment, and you remember back to like the the early seasons in class when they were kind of rivals of of like who was mm-hmm. running the class and who was the best in the class. Um, and just I I I've just loved Darcy Carden's uh, performance. She's so funny and really so genuine at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so glad because I I loved the Good Place um, and thought she was fantastic in it. And very so, funny on there. Yeah. Uh, I I am just so glad to see her uh, getting an expanded role this this season, um, getting to do more because, uh, like you said, she's she's just so great and she she really has the acting chops. Um, and you know the way that she played oh, Natalie. Yeah. It was it really served the character well and it was funny, but yeah, she's she's got more to do in these last few episodes. Um and I am yeah, I'm really I'm happy for it. I'm glad that it's paying off. I'm glad they're keeping her around. Uh just more more Darcy Carden in your things. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So. I would I would love to see her just show up in all the shows that I watch. Better call Saul. Throw her yeah. in there for a couple episodes. Yeah, all all this not? stuff. Uh, uh yeah, she she's just great. She is. She is absolutely. All right, we got. We got to talk about Barry's speech. Um, we gotta. Oh man, it's so troubling. It's, <laughs> it is. So, it is. so, so I was kind of just kind of uh, uh, laying would, back in the recliner, and when he, he's like, when he says, "You know where she lives?" Yeah, <laughs> I sat straight up. <laughs> I I totally thought that they were going to like it was going to be like a dream or Barry was going to try to play it off of you as he was like joking um, because like Hank and Cristobal it, earlier in the the episode were like you got to be honest with her you got to show her who you are and this is his version of doing that um, and uh, oh oh boy oh boy. <laughs> Because yeah, um, yeah, he's like, do you know where she's a lot? So I can, I can go, I can take pictures of her while she's sleeping. Oh, like it's you know all this stuff, very non-violent, but it'll still get in her head. Uh, I'll replace her dog with a slightly slightly different different dog. dog. Um, Was the most insane sentence. (laughs) When he starts going to the weirder uh, psychological torture stuff, you know, like. Uh, make her think she's shrinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, may, yeah. Change out her furniture so she thinks that she's shrinking. <sighs> there is. I mean, we talked about uh, you know phrases being overused. Uh, I think gaslighting is one of the most misused phrases. But what what Barry is talking about here is, is, is legitimately gaslighting. like gaslighting. He's talking about like the idea of making someone go crazy and mm-hmm. absolutely lose their mind because they think they're losing touch with reality and yes. to trick somebody into that. And it is like the way he, the examples he's giving is like, you know, I thought Barry just murdered people. And I, that sounds weird to say, but it's like he, it's where you kind of see, Oh, he's even more devious than that. Yes. Well, yeah, he just, uh, it's stuff. They, he said he learned in the military and on a subreddit. Which... <laughs> subreddits. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I went on the Barry subreddit. I, I sometimes go on there like after the episodes, just to kind of see what people are talking about and that they were having a field day with, I saw it on some subreddit. Um, Oh man. Oh man. It was so like, there was a part in it where I'm like, oh, this is a this has to be like a, a fantasy or a dream. And then I'm like, no, wait, no, he's actually saying this 
too, and he's being serious, and oh, oh no, and and Sally's response is one hundred percent the response you should have. Yeah, uh, get, she get throws him out of the apartment, um, and you know, just says you have to get away from me. It is, but you can see like it really kind of shocks her too because, um, you know, an episode ago she was kind of in denial that Barry, you know, like the, the, the revelation that Barry was dangerous was brought up to her and it kind of, she's just coming to that realization. Mm -hmm. And now she's seeing like, Oh, it's not just, I don't want to say run of the mill domestic violence, but like, (laughs) it's not just the, the brand of violence towards women that she has dealt with before and is speaking about it is like a much broader, like he is dangerous towards society. Yeah, he is. He is unhinged, um, as evidenced by that speech and the collage that he made. Um, the collage, oh, collage man. was so funny. The collage was, and so the note weird. that went with, <laughs> "This is what I'm all about." This yes. angry teenager uh, collage. Right. It just yeah, it just kind of shows that Barry is like super stagnant and um, like maybe not totally in touch with himself. He had like a Wheaties box. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a bunch of Metallica play. pictures. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Ohio, Ohio a map of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when they showed that, like that was worrying to me. I had to um, pause it and take a look at um, no at it for a minute. And I'm just like, what does he have? He has a picture of Willie Nelson for some reason. <laughs> Jupiter. There's a picture of Jupiter. No puzzle. No Fantastic. puzzle. No puzzle in Westworld. Uh, ever confounded me <laughs> in the way that Barry's collage has. Uh, psychiatrists will study that for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, we shouldn't be surprised by what he said moments later um, based entirely on what we saw right there. Uh, it is it is like the uh, the notebooks from Seven or uh, or the Batman, the Riddler notebooks. Right. It, is, it is just this kind of cryptic, angry teenager Shit, but you're right. This is the this is the full display of Barry's emotional maturity. Like mm-hmm. we kind of had a glimpse of it in in that first episode of the series when we see his apartment in Cleveland. Yeah. And it is it look it is it, it's video games and Metallica posters and it looks like my bedroom when I was in high school. Like yeah. but Barry's a full grown ass man still living in this state in his head. And it's really, um, I don't know his, his portrayal of it. I think this season in, in its darkest form, it's not just dark and scary. It's, it's sad. You just see what a sad existence Barry has. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, it's a story that um, unfortunately uh, happens, not to say that people become serial killers because of this or hitmen, but you know, young guy goes into the military cause he doesn't really know what to do at a certain point in his life. Uh, you can just, you, you can just call me by name if you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Phil, you have, you have matured and, uh, and grown as a human being. Slightly. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, and I mean, you probably have seen guys like this where it's like they go into the military cause like there's, what else are they going to do? And they come out, and they're still kind of that guy because like everybody they knew uh, was like growing and, and, you know, doing like life. And then they come out and they're kind of like the sort of the same person, but now mentally broken because of the military. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I didn't see so much PTSD uh, just because of the era I was in. I was, I was between Gulf Wars. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, you do see a lot of, uh stagnation i did see a lot of um i still see a lot of people i've been out for 25 years and i still see people who kind of live there Mm -hmm. and and you just kind of go you you either never got a better life or you were never open to having a better life it was and it's it is sad and and barry kind of reminds me of that it is a a kind of reminder of those real life people that i've known who never quite grow out of um that place they were 
and and the military is such a. I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. Uh, it's such a world removed from the regular world that it, you know there's reasons that there are like there's counseling and there's classes of like how to transition back into into the civilian world and um you just kind of get a sense that some people never quite transition back and they they stay emotionally where they were while they were in there and that is uh that's a lot of what i see and i think it's a lot of why i um why I called out like there has to be some kind of consultant or mm -hmm. somebody who knows that world mm -hmm. working on this show, because there is a lot of accuracy, I think in that. Yeah. And I, th I think that, um, that reality That's done very well. I, yeah. I don't think it's, it's, it's disrespectful to military people at all. I no. just think it's, it's a very um, kind of inside baseball look at it. Right. Well, yeah, because I mean, they, you know, they showed they showed guys like Chris who were like super well adjusted uh, and, right. uh, you know, had a had a fairly normal life coming out. And then guys like Taylor, who good Lord, Taylor. Um, but I think the fact that it is rooted in that sort of reality that we're talking about makes makes it work so well and makes those like absurdist moments which are always what i love about the absurdist moments minus um the the detonate app whole thing like some of the absurdity i'm like you know i could see that happening i could see that ridiculous yeah. thing happening in real life and even the detonate app i was like the way they handled that is like that would totally be uh what what happens but detonate app was kind of a wily e. coyote moment a little bit but it still it got the plot where it needed to be and it made me laugh a lot like yeah. when he's he's ducked down behind the car and it won't go and it, so he just kind of holds his phone up over the hood uh -huh. and just all all the ways he's trying to make the signal go through the way we've all done when we've <laughs> right. lost signal on our phones it just but he's trying to blow up a house. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. And it just made me laugh a lot. And I love that he just casually walks up to the two girls' lemonade stand, just throws down a bunch of money, and is like, go inside. Yes. Uh, I just... <laughs> those, poor, those poor traumatized girls yes. with their lemonade stand. <laughs> and it's just been so, like, just so casual. Just all these things that are happening. Uh, which is... Because, like, in, in a show, like... I'm pretty sure there was probably some house bombings in Breaking Bad. It's been a while since I've watched it, but you know, placing the bomb, like, all that is just like all this dramatic, tense moments. And then in this, it is a guy calling tech support because he can't make the bomb right. explode. Right. There is an element of, of this show that uh, all the, all the sort of graphic violence is sort of undercut with absurdity in a way that something like Breaking Bad does not do. Mm -hmm. um, but then it will take a turn in like the dramatic part. And that's where you'll see the real darkness, like, um, like the end of this last yeah, the, episode where the, he's the mom. Yeah. He's telling Sally all the things that he can do. Uh, the, the first episode of the season when he shows up at Hank and Cristobal's house and is like, you know, desperate for desperate for work. And he's like, please, Hank, I'm, I'm just, I'm so lost. And it's like, there's like a real darkness to that. Yeah. Um, that again, they, they do undercut it. <laughs> uh, uh, Hank throws him out and he goes, uh, get out of here right now and try not to frame me on your way out. <laughs> you know, like they're still kind of undercutting it with comedy, but like there's a real darkness to it that I feel like they're not compromising on, on that part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what makes Barry so great. I love Barry. Um, uh, this season has been so much more tense than previous seasons, uh, which oof, which is great. But also, like, I don't think uh, I'm I'm comparing it more to Breaking Bad now because it's falling into more Breaking Bad territory. But I don't I think uh, it getting to where it is now is like so earned. And uh, if this is like how the show had like kind of started is like a very serious drama, um, I might not have like maybe jumped on the bandwagon for it. Uh, but because of like it's it's ramped up to here and like I'm so like bought in, like I am ravenous for for whatever is coming up. 
Yeah, I I agree with every bit of that because I I think I think this show has kind of slowly spiraled and gotten to where it is in a real natural way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also a tension this season because you just know, like the the very possibility of a a happy ending for Barry is just it's completely off the it, table. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It... And um and so what the first two seasons were about was Barry asking, can I become a different person? Like that basically has been answered. And now there's just this tension of like, who, who is going to survive this season? Like how many good people are going to die on, on their way to the finale? You know, it it just, it's, there's going to be some real tragedy coming up. And, um, and I think that, that just, that I don't know. That's my tension that I I think I'm feeling is is just wondering every time I see somebody, it's like, is Gene gonna make it? Is Sally gonna make it? Right. Um. It is uh, I don't remember Elsie Fisher's character's name. Uh, Katie. Katie is you know because Katie's kind of sniffed out who Barry is, and is that going to make her? a target is that kid who got shot by his mom going to make it right right. I mean there's there yeah there's this tragedy piling on top of tragedy at this point and more being set up so yeah it it, right because it feels like it really does feel like there's going to be more collateral damage um as the show is ramping up but they're doing such a good job of like you're not really sure who it's gonna be and like I don't really feel like anybody Obviously, they've announced a fourth season um, officially. Uh, Bill Hader's directing all the episodes. Obviously, like probably Barry is going to. I have not heard that. That's uh, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, they had written seasons three and four at like at the same time, um, but I guess it wasn't confirmed there was going to be a fourth season until uh, a little bit ago, and it was announced Bill Hader. But Bill Hader uh, directed ha- is directing half of these episodes, so. I don't I don't know why Alec Berg's not directing some this time or this next time. But anyway, anyway, uh, the only person I really feel like has any sort of plot armor is Barry because his name is on the title card. Right. Um, but for everybody else, it's like, I really don't know. Because like Janice, you thought in the first season. Yeah. You, you thought like she's going to make it through. Nope. Uh, Barry takes her down. And who's next? Oh, what a what a crazy ending that scene. yeah <laughs> like it still still kind of rocks me yeah that um, when we were still like barry can still be a good guy right Ooh. yeah um i don't know as long as at the end of the day hank and cristobal end up as long Santa as they're Fe, okay uh you know like um that's kind of like the best we can hope for at this point. It's so it's so dark in here. Yeah, that I'm just kind of rooting for them. As long as Noho Hank is fine, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> That's all, all I need. Was well, there anything else uh, from these last two episodes? I mean, I know we hopped around a lot, but I think I think we covered uh, pretty much everything. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's my notes. Uh, oh, uh, the. <laughs> The one thing uh, we did find out is that it's somewhere along the line, Gene pissed off Tony Danza and thinks uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> his life is in danger because of it. Yes. And uh, that was a line I laughed really hard at. I, I hope they just keep kind of throwing out casually all these people. All the that, people Gene is made for. Yeah, Gene <laughs> has made an enemy in his of. career. Yeah. It, it's a highlight. Uh, good, old, good old Gene Cousineau. Well, uh, I'm 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 ho- I'm kind of pulling for Gene too. I I know he's too. trying to make amends, and I I did like uh, if I can just backtrack here, sure. the idea of um, apologizing to make yourself feel better. I feel like that's something people have talked about a lot in the last a mm. uh, uh, few years, and and it's been kind of a social. Uh, talking point and i think there's a real value in apologizing and um that doesn't mean it has to be accepted uh you know and try trying to set things right and trying to tell people if you are sorry to tell people um you know i do regret what i've done and i i do feel like i do feel like gene is trying to do that mm-hmm. um 
and and he's sort of like realizing what an asshole he's been. It's that near death experience clarity he's got. Yeah. Um. But still, that scene with uh, Laura San Giacomo where she where she rejects it. You know that is that's the other side of the apology is everybody has their ability to not accept your apology and you have to just kind of live with that and go, yeah, I really did screw that person over and I don't blame them. Um, and man, yeah, just a few lines. She really just like stole this episode for me. Yeah, she was, uh, she was really good. And, and, and like you said, I, I really appreciate the way that they are, are tackling it where Gene's, uh, you know, he apologized to the one guy who wanted an apology and that, that was enough, uh, you know, and, yeah. Um, but then you have someone who he, he absolutely should apologize to and he does. And it's, and it's not enough, it's not uh, enough. And, right. And I'll be curious to see, you know, is she going to come back? Are they going to address what making amends actually looks like? Um, what was, what, what would that actually be for Gene? Is Gene willing to do that? Or is Gene really just riding the high of a near death experience and will kind of crumble back into his old ways um, hopefully not. I hope not. Uh, I hope that this is a, a show that addresses that growth can happen, but also is honest in what growth means. It means putting in the work and everything, and and showing you know what that what what is that actually going to look like? I I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm very I'm very curious. Um, and I love that like while we're talking about like oh man like what's going to happen with all these people trying to kill Barry, we're also like is Gene going to be able to redeem himself for being a jerk? And like both of those things feel important. They kind of have equal, equal weight for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those big topics, you know, can you change? Can you uh, uh, atone for your sins? Like those are kind of gray area questions. There's no like easy answer. And I love, I love a, a show or a movie that doesn't answer them for you. They just kind of let it play out. And um and demonstrate that, yeah, this isn't this isn't an easy road or an easy answer, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not as cut and dry as all that. So, um, but I think Barry's doing a great job of tackling all kinds of things in that way. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a great show. That's why uh, we're talking about it here, and uh, we're going to talk about it more. I think for these last three episodes, if you know if things line up, let's try to do them weekly and and. I'm sure yeah. the the finale is going to be a gut punch, but I'm I'm looking forward to it already. And also, wouldn't uh, do it any other way. I'm yeah. show. <laughs> also very sad that we're also uh, turning near the end. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, man, is there only three left? Only three left. I but need it's a, more. It's a, well, but hey, we got a season four coming, so that's good. That's yeah. good. All right. Well. Thank you uh, out there for listening to us talk about this. We've been putting this show up on our respective show feeds, but still, if you are not uh, maybe branching out to other sides of the aisle, we'll do real quick where people can uh, can find us. People want to uh, hello picture show folks. Uh, you're listening you listen to a great show over here. If you like shows like this, come on over. Hit me one more time. Uh, it's a nostalgia reflection podcast. Phil's been on there a whole, whole bunch, and uh, you'll find a topic you want to listen to us talk about, guarantee it. Uh, Phil, what about for people who maybe on the Hit Me feed who aren't, well, listen to the picture show. What's what's going on there? Uh, listen to the picture show with Austin and Phil Rude. Um, uh, Austin has also been on Hit Me One More Time, yes. so you can be familiar. If you're familiar with David's feed, you've heard both of us. So uh, come over and listen to us talk about movies. And... Uh, while we're throwing out uh, shows, I also recently appeared on Socially Plagued, oh. and I know you did yes, too, David. Did. Um, yes. My show's on hiatus, so I do want to plug it uh, while I'm here. Uh, I talked to the ladies of Socially Plagued about the documentary Jesus Camp, and I don't think that episode is dropped yet, but I think it's coming up pretty quick. So keep an eye on their feed. We had a really good conversation that wandered all over the place and uh, uh, ran the emotional gamut as well. Yeah, and I talked to them about the equally uh, serious topic of Pretty in Pink, which is also uh, very emotional. I got, I at least I had emotions that I expressed. Um, that episode is out. is a, is a very good time. 
Um, but yeah, definitely. And I know Phil, you've been on there a few times. Uh, friends, friends of of our respective shows, uh, May and Mary MK Kate and May are awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely check it out. May May is moving to Colorado. We'll be here next week. I am. Oh, wow. I'm very excited. Just gonna have in studio episodes. Yeah, they're they're gonna be in uh, Colorado Springs. So I'll only get to see them. You know, not not on a super regular basis, but I'll, I'll still get to, I'll get to see them more than I'm seeing them now. I will say that, and I'm I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. Well, that's that's it. That's it for Barry Talk. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Barry heads. Oh boy, I'm just. <laughs> we got to come up with a name. Yeah, I'll figure it out. All right, bye.